the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. This morning, and uh, by the way, that's not Danny DeVito, that's Joe Pesky. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Mr. Thorpe back there behind the glass. And by the way, thank you for the hospitality this morning. I am uh, the host of Backbone Radio Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m. around here, around 710 KNUS. Been here a while. And I thought I might talk for a moment about the moth invasion and about uh, the whole concept of eating bugs and how these items relate here just for a few moments. Have you been seeing the moth invasion around Colorado? Moths in your house and everything? Well, I've got some some info on that that uh, that I think is necessary for us to to grasp in its full dimensions. But I might just just uh, maybe some listeners might not know uh, sort of who this host is. I just just very briefly just a a Colorado native. Your host here, Matt Don, grew up here, born in Longmont. And Cherry Creek High School graduates some years back. I've got four young kids, and my my youngest is now 15 months old. Two daughters, two sons. It's just a good grouping, a real pack of wild animals. And so um, when I'm not practicing dentistry, which I do all week long, for now over 20 years here in Denver metro area, but uh, I'm hopping in the minivan and driving kids to uh, soccer practices or swim practices or piano lessons or various and sundry kid activities and just having a blast doing that. And uh, my wife and I, we call the minivan the uh, suburban assault vehicle. <laughs> that's, that's our lives right now. And I'm also the swim meet DJ for swim meets. This is probably my, my loftiest perch in life is to be the uh, MC and DJ of, of swim meets in our, our neighborhood during the summer months, which is a great amount of fun. And I do get good music ideas for those meets from, from our guy, Mr. Thorpe, here behind the glass, who keeps me supplied with good stuff. But I, sometimes I can find it on my own, too. I like to claim to be, these days, a political moderate. I'm in favor of the American founding and the American traditions of politics. I really am thumbs up on our Constitution and the sentiments that came out in the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas Jefferson, with a little editorial assistance from Ben Franklin. And, um, yeah, if you're pro-founding, if you're pro-America, if you're America first, that puts you right squarely in the moderate camp, do you? Do you not think? And one little quirk that I do have is a, a a tendency to be able to talk about politics on and on and on at length. Some would say ad nauseum, 
but I like to think in an always fascinating way. And I'm an advocate, uh, advocate of good posture, good deep breathing. I'm an advocate of exercising, being out in the open air. I'm an extreme skier personally. And uh, also an advocate of weightlifting. And not that I'm like the burliest guy around, but I do try to make time to, to weightlift. And I've seen some data, especially after like Biden fell over on his bike. Did you see that? Joe Biden had that little bike crash, which should be a world historic news story. Um, but, of course, the media tries to cover that up. And, you know, it's harder to find the videos now. But Biden goes down on his bike, a stationary bike, and put that left foot down as he came to a stop. But then he pushed too hard with that left foot. And then the right foot didn't quite make it to protect him on the right side. And down he went. But over the age of 65... If you take a fall, falling down is the uh, leading cause of death in people over 65. And my opinion is that if you can build up some bone strength and some muscle strength by using resistance weights or just resistance in general, that you'll tend to fare better in life as the years go by. And if you should take a tumble on the ice or whatever, that uh, you tend to hold up better in the aftermath. And you don't need a gym to lift weights. You don't need to have some expensive membership anywhere. And you don't even, frankly, need barbells. I mean, you can, you can buy cheap barbells and just lift them, five pounds, lift them up and down. And if you get in the habit of doing that by day, it can really add up. But anyway, if you just, you know, go out in your yard or your garage or man cave or anywhere and just raise your arms up and down, do a few squats without weights and all that, it actually starts to really add up and adds up to, uh, to physical strength, and it, it breeds some mental strength. And one of my things is that I, I really, I prefer radio. I prefer radio to other forms of, of media and entertainment, and certainly more than television, in the sense that if you're listening to a radio broadcast, or if you're listening to a radio broadcast podcast, you can be active. You can be doing stuff. You know, you can be out walking. You can be out running. You know, you can be doing your 5K, your 10K, your marathon training. We have many listeners that are marathon people I talk to on Sundays on Backbone Radio. Um, And that's a real advantage. When you're sitting in front of a television screen or any kind of a screen-based thing, it's got your whole body and your whole world is absorbed into that screen. Your ears and your eyes and your hands are pressing buttons. Every sense is channeled into a screen. And to me, uh, that's, that's, that's less ideal, and that doesn't promote the, uh, the more active lifestyle that I think, especially in Colorado, right? I mean, Coloradans are known for being active and kind of on the fit side of the spectrum, right? And I think a lot of people, they fly to Colorado, and they look around, and they're like, hey, man, these people are uh, they're in pretty good shape in this state. What's going on here? And uh, maybe, you know, some of that is that uh, we listen to our talk radio while doing active stuff. And I routinely hear that, that people will listen to the Backbone Radio podcast, and they say, you know, they do it when they're running. They do it when they're in the gym. They do it when they're uh, trail walking, you know, just are out in the neighborhood, cruising around. They got the, the earphones in, the earbuds in. And I say that all of that is some plus stuff. Anyway, just a little bit of, little bit of background there. And I happen to go to college in Claremont, California, and be a part of uh, – the Claremont Institute, I've had uh, some, some long-standing ties with the Claremont Institute, which produces the Claremont Review of Books, 
which is the premier intellectual conservative publication, in my opinion. And the Claremont Institute brings together the, the best scholars of the American founding and how the principles of the American founding apply to modern American politics. So that's uh, just some of, uh, some of my background, some of my perspective. And, uh, yeah, very anchored in the community, very proud Coloradoan. And I do lament that we've watched this state in my lifetime. We've watched this state uh, migrate from being a, a good red state to being kind of a, a less happy blue state. That's my opinion. I mean, it's just somehow migrated blue and for a lot of various reasons – and it's uh, it's disappointing. And Stephen Tubbs always talks about Denver and decay, Denver and decay. And my gosh, growing up here, spending time in Denver as a kid, golly. I mean, uh, Denver and decay is, uh, I think, a very apt description of where we are right now. At any rate, 303-696-1971. Should, as the show goes on, you might have some thoughts to share. But I wanted to uh, talk about something about the, the, the moth invasion. And I've been hearing people say, I'm getting, getting moths in my house, the, the moths are here, and, you know, every summer they show up. And I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is a, a worse year than most years, but some years they get really epic. And you can have hundreds of moths in your house at any one point in time. They just find a way to get in. You know, they see a light. Uh, they'll, they'll find a way to get, get to it somehow, even if it's inside your own abode. But uh, this year, there were some uh, entomologists or some lepidopterists who were out there sounding the warning that it's going to be a particularly exceptional intensity of Miller moth invasion this year as the moths uh, head out of the, the plains and head into the cities and head up to the mountains. I guess that's something they have some sort of a migratory pattern. This is the stuff that lepidopterists know about. And... Um, so they're, uh, they're here, and I don't know if anyone's seeing a whole lot of these, but definitely I'm seeing a few every day at least. I've, I've seen years where they're a lot worse. But I found this AP article that's headlined. This is from uh, two weeks ago. Colorado's moth invasion has begun. How long will Miller moths stick around? And uh, apparently it starts uh, in early June, the Miller moth invasion. They come into the Colorado Front Range cities. And then they stick around until early July, apparently, when the moths fly up to the mountains. Okay, now this is where I start tying in some, some, the, some theories here. That if you're familiar with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and if you're not, you do need to familiarize yourself with who these World Economic Forum people are and who Klaus Schwab is and what their agenda is for the future and for you. And I would submit to you that an awful lot of our world leaders are in one way or another plugged into this World Economic Forum organization that meets in Davos every year. They just had their meeting in Davos in which the, the billionaires uh, hop in their private jets and burn all kinds of fossil fuels to land in the mountains of Davos and have their meetings and Listen to Klaus Schwab talk about how we are the important people and we are changing the world. And <laughs> even though the masses don't like us, well, we're going to change the world for the better and they're eventually going to like it. But Klaus Schwab is on record of having saying, uh, you know, you will own nothing and you will be happy. 
Yeah, the, the World Economic Forum agenda. You don't have to own anything, and uh, we'll own it for you. The people that um, sort of are involved in the World Economic Forum, though, they own a lot. They're not – you don't hear them, like, talking about giving up the things that they own, but they'd rather have them own the stuff so that you can, like, rent from them and pay them rent money because they own it and you don't, and so you pay them rent. They like that, but they, they phrase that as, like, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And they also say that uh, eating bugs – Yes, eating bugs is one of these uh, things that is going to create a more sustainable and a more environmentally friendly future. And Klaus Schwab has liked some tweets that have referenced the eating of bugs as a pathway to the future. And Bill Gates is a big proponent of uh, the World Economic Forum, and he also keeps talking about how the, the glories of synthetic meat, synthetic beef, that's about how, you know, you, the cows are so bad for the environment that we have to make synthetic meats, and that's the, the way forward there. I haven't seen Bill Gates talk specifically about bugs, but I'm sure he's a bug eater. I mean, look at him. I mean, I'm sure he likes to eat bugs, and he's, he's a big fan of that. Uh, I could be reaching a little bit on that one, but uh, that's just my sense of Bill Gates, who's kind of a weirdo, in my opinion, and a, a very rich weirdo, and yes, tied into the world economic forum. But um, this moth invasion does lead me to conclude that there's reasons why bug eating is not good, okay? And I'll get to that here in a moment. But um, up in Canada, this news just came out yesterday that some big food production entity called the Aspire Food Group has announced that it has completed construction of its alternative protein manufacturing facility in Ontario, which is home to the world's largest cricket production facility. (laughs) And so they're making cricket or bug proteins, and they're going to generate 9,000 metric tons of crickets for people to eat every year. It's for human and pet consumption. And I I guess, I mean, are people getting excited about this? Are people looking forward to the future uh, as uh, Klaus Schwab envisions it of, you know, eating bugs and owning nothing and renting a pod? You can live in a pod and pay rent to the uh, billionaires who own your pod while you're eating your bugs and your crickets and whatever else. Uh, I saw some other news that uh, how is this even a thing? But apparently in Wales, in Wales, uh, you know, up there in the U.K. area, they've got some kind of a pilot program in which kids, school kids, are eating uh, a lot of crickets and mealworms. They're now being fed to Wales school children um, in some sort of a, you know, a climate uh, climate-friendly diet that they're promoting in Wales. And so, so they get to eat crickets and mealworms. you got this factory in Canada opening up. And it, uh, it has me sort of on record as saying kind of a big no thanks to that. I'm just, I just don't think I'm going to get excited about the, the bug eating at any point in time. I mean, it's just, I'm not, I just can't imagine ever getting there or looking forward to a, a, a meal of mealworms, crickets, or, or moths. And this gets us back to moths here as we uh, endure uh, some level of a moth invasion here on the front range. 
But apparently, um, according to this AP article about the Colorado moth invasion, that moths play a key ecological role as food for birds, bats, spiders, and bears. So they're, uh, they're consumed. And um, apparently birds, bats, spiders, and bears love to eat moths. And uh, I'm glad that they didn't put humans on this list of, uh, you know, moths. Uh, I haven't seen anybody proposing moths to eat, uh, to be eaten by, by humans. But you know that that's, that's coming, right? That, that's, that's on the way. But one thing that this is, and this is kind of the, the kicker here, is that the, the lepidopterists, the people that study uh, moths and butterflies, um, one from the Butterfly Pavilion, um, over in, uh, was that Broomfield, Westminster, somewhere up there? Kind of a fun place. I've taken the kids there several times. You know, they, they like to point out moths are harmless. They don't carry disease. They cannot sting or bite. And, uh, but they are good food for, for birds and bats and spiders and bears. But they say this, and this is the kicker. Moths have developed a defense mechanism called rectal loading that is triggered by artificial light. If they are flapping around in your house, they can ooze a dark fluid onto your walls and clothing, one of the lepidopterists says. And I find that interesting, something about rectal loading. And so the article concludes by saying this, this bitter brown liquid isn't harmful. It just tastes bad to discourage you from eating them. And apparently... Um, you know, if, if moths have this capacity to do something called rectal loading um, and to make them taste bad, to discourage you, it apparently doesn't discourage birds, bats, spiders, and bears who eat these moths, I guess, uh, probably by the droves. But it, it makes me think that um, how, how many bugs do this thing called rectal loading? How, how many bugs do that? And it's, it's got to be a lot of them. Wouldn't you think that a lot of bugs have developed the ability to do that, the rectal loading thing, to make themselves taste bad and leave uh, what they describe um, in this article as a bitter brown liquid on your walls and clothing? And they, they ooze this dark fluid. I'll bet you a lot of bugs do that. And, and that's, that, that, to me, was the clincher. I mean, I already thought I'm not going to be a bug eater. But when I found this out about rectal loading... I thought, that, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to be on board with the bug thing. Not now. Not ever. And that, that's just where I draw the line. And uh, anybody with me on that? <laughs> anybody with me on that to say no to the uh, bug-eating future, living in your pod, eating your bugs, watching your propaganda? Yeah. Yeah. How about big no thanks to all of that? And uh, before I go too far into that, uh, what is it, rectal loading concept, maybe I should take a break. <laughs> it's, hey, it's, it's Matt Dunn. I'm in for George Brockler this morning, and we'll be right back around the corner. Little Big Head Todd and the Monsters bringing us back. And I remember I saw them first time when I was in high school. Found a way to get up to Boulder and see those guys when they were just coming on. And I thought, ooh, who are these guys? They're going to be pretty big. And sure enough, they did go big. Brokenhearted Savior, my personal favorite tune, which I think that's the one that we just heard on the bumper rotation. Hey, Matt Dunn, I'm in for George Brockler this morning. 
And yeah, I was talking bugs there and the eating bugs, and it's hard to imagine that ever happening, but uh, the the freaks in charge of the world right now are really into it. It's not like a joke or an exaggeration. They're really into this, like, bug thing. They're passionate about it, and it's probably going to be one of those things where they'll say, you know, feed bugs to the masses, but we're going to... We're going to eat cake or whatever. Let them eat bugs. And they're going to eat whatever they darn well feel like it because they're going to be the ones that own the resources. Uh, Should they succeed in getting rid of the American middle class, which is what is essentially saving the world from, um, from, yeah, the globalist, communist, Marxist contingent that is getting a little too powerful, in my opinion, around the world. And let's get right to some phone line action and say some hellos to people. And uh, I'll get to Jim in a second. I'll go in order. And here is Sandra. Let's bring Sandra into the program. And welcome, Sandra. How are you this morning? Yes, I'm well. Dear Dr. Dunn. Yes, ma'am. I, um, you, are, you are always a breath of fresh air. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> just a thought, I... Klaus Schwab and the um, the brain trust powers that be, in quotation, the Marxists, they can have my ration of moths and crickets and delectable <laughs> bug hors d'oeuvres. I will <laughs> donate to that cause gladly, and we can keep our clean, fresh elk and deer and antelope. Thank you very much here in Colorado. Amen to that. And one thing I'm kind of proud of is that my little kids have eaten probably as much elk in their lives as they've eaten beef. And uh, you know how a lot of people say, oh, the elk or the deer, that's too gamey. But my kids actually think that's kind of normal. <laughs> so they don't really know what that means. Maybe they think beef is mm-hmm. gamey. I need, to, I need to check that out with them. But so, Sandra, we're not signing you up uh, for the bug eating yet. You're not quite on board yet, no, ready to I- go for it. I think we should put the uh, Klaus Schwab uh, Marxist group on on the uh, the um, menu of of bug hors d'oeuvres and um, whatever else they want to eat. If they want to be like uh, Yul Gibbons and eat a pine tree, let's go for it. <laughs> I think I think you have a good point. That the, let let's see the elites really walk the walk and uh, and eat the bugs that they talk about so lovingly and. <laughs> so passionately about. But, you know, when they fly into Davos, the World Economic Forum, I mean, they do use their fossil fuel jets, their (laughs) private jets. They burn a lot of fossil fuels to get there when they talk nonstop about, you know, renewable energy, and that's what they say they want. So, I wonder if there are jurors when they're they're on board those um, she-she jets that they have uh, chocolate-covered crickets. They really should. And I I can pretty much guarantee you (laughs) they do not. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I don't know, chocolate-covered moths, because I think we have enough moths around to spare that we could uh, we could ration some out to the elites, and you know, surely they're they didn't wouldn't want to be hypocritical, right? And they would they would find a way. Mm-hmm. But who knows? That's right. But I'm glad you are aware That's of right. the name Klaus Schwab, because um, because that is an individual that needs to be more of a household name. Um, in uh, in Colorado and in the United States of America and around the world, because he he's he's up to no good, and he's like this movie yeah. villain guy. He's got this really harsh German accent, and he's like shaves his head bald, and um, sure. he says some of the just craziest things. And I've got all kinds of clips of him saying stuff that I've played a lot on Backbone Radio on Sundays. 
Um, well, he's not he's not very bright. Maybe the the bug um, enzyme and whatever protein he can glean from that would will help him. <laughs> Maybe uh, increase his IQ a little bit. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, maybe trim a trim a few pounds from this this like lean protein, but I I, mm-hmm. I think you're on to something, Sandra, and mm-hmm. uh, and let me just say thank you thank you for checking in and and I'm glad to count you as an ally on the bug front. So I'm I'm right behind you, Doctor Dunn. Okay, <laughs> right on. Okay, Sandra, all the best to you this morning, and yeah, this three zero three six nine six nineteen. 71, should you have any commentary to add on this, that, or sundry topics, or the Colorado primary, which is looming. And a caller was going to mention something about what's up with Democrats buying ads in the Republican primary. Um, You're seeing some of these ads that are saying that uh, so-and-so, Ron Hanks is too conservative for Colorado, and they list off a a range of the, the virtues of uh, what some might call virtues of somebody who's too conservative to Colorado. And you wonder, do do the Democrats, uh, are they doing reverse psychology here or are they actually trying to promote the person they most want to run against? Or could you make the case that if word gets out, as it has gotten out, that the Democrats want Ron Hanks to win, it seems like every Republican seems to be aware of this, that, that they're actually trying to trying to hurt Ron Hanks because they're more afraid to run against him. So you can overthink these things. And it's it's hard to know uh, sort of which way is which on this stuff and why I just kind of advocate for not overthinking and just voting for the person that you like that most aligns with your values and your viewpoints and you think can best stand up to, yes, the corrupt Democrat D.C. machine, which seems to absorb just about everybody into the swamp when they go out there, which is – which is really a most unfortunate situation. Now, I wanted to get into a little bit about uh, Biden's, you know, gas prices and, and energy policy. And Biden is is making this big point of trying to blame Vladimir Putin for for the high gas prices in this country. And you even have the Pentagon spokesperson, John Kirby, coming out there and saying that, well, uh, Putin is weaponizing food now. He's weaponizing food. And so this anti-Putin propaganda, in my opinion, is like the dumbest species of propaganda and is quite shamefully used by our own elites to always have some convenient scapegoat to, to blame Putin for anything that happens under their watch and of course, you know, Putin was blamed for, uh, yeah, oh, the, Putin won it for Trump in 2016. And now Putin is causing, uh, causing, uh, causing the gas prices to rise. And, and Putin is weaponizing food, so he's causing your grocery prices to rise. And if there's ever any food shortages, well, that's Putin's fault too. But folks, of course, the Democrats are the ones fully in power running every branch of government. <laughs> and um, they really do need a scapegoat. And anytime you see Putin blame for anything, I say, I say, be more than just a little bit skeptical of that. And I'll get into some of these details here when we when we get a minute to come back around the window. It is Matt Dunn. I'm in for George Brockler this morning. The phone number here, 303-696-1971.
Buckler on the George Show, and we're just kind of having fun this morning and talking about. I'm just, I'm just reeling it all out, packing a lot of dense pack info in it. Yeah, it's not the best time for the Republic, folks. And you heard one of those little promos there that people are having to decide if they fill their gas tank or fill their bellies in Biden's America. You're seeing reports from police departments across America that people are running out of gas a lot more. They're kind of really pushing the limits on their gas tanks and they overdo it a little bit. And uh, then they're like out of gas somewhere, which I think is a very good metaphor for the Biden administration. It's just out of gas. Everything measurable is being measured the wrong direction. All arrows are going the wrong way under Joe Biden. 7-Eleven saw a picture Elon Musk had on Twitter that a 7-Eleven that, you know, has a gas station at the 7-Eleven is charging $7.11 a gallon for gasoline at 7-Eleven. And I think that does fulfill some kind of a prophecy, does it not, when you see something like that? More on this in a second as Biden does try to blame Putin for his own policies that have caused all of this. Let's say a little hello to Terry and welcome, Terry, to the program. Uh, Glad you're here. Hi, Matt. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good to have you on a Thursday, dude. I wish I could have you all week. I mean, I just, you know, I love your show. It's the best. Uh, Amen. Yeah, Sunday's backbone is where I reside, where I hang out. Um, dude, I wanted to tell you, uh, you know, uh, these guys, you know, the federal government right now is completely controlled by the communists. I mean, they have the House, the Senate, the presidency, the FBI. And I think it's become pretty clear that, you know, I hate to say this statement, you know, I love the country, but I think the federal government's an enemy of, an enemy of the people at this point. Look what they're doing to the country. Well, the media is certainly an enemy of the people. And by the way, it occurred to me as you were saying that, that, uh, yeah, the left controls all branches of government, but not formerly SCOTUS, not the Supreme Court yet. But that's why leftist activists are sitting out on the front lawns of the houses of, like, Justice Kavanaugh, some of the justices they don't fully control yet. And so that's how they respond to not controlling that branch. Not great, huh? Well, the danger is, um, and you brought this up before, the danger is if I don't get what I want, then I'm going to burn the city down. And that is a situation where what do you do with that? Do you do you just have to stand up and fight back, which I think is what we have to do, or are you just going to take this and, and keep going down this slippery slope of of this left, uh, leftist chaotic, uh, chaotic agenda that they are trying to shove down everybody's throat in this country. Right. And, uh, destroying I mean, America, have, destroying yeah, the middle class. Stop this, you know. Yeah. And so um, it's the metaphor I sometimes think of is in a civilized society, you're playing a game of chess, right? I mean, you have some rules and you have a chessboard and you have the chess pieces and you try to play a game within a certain framework of rules. But what if you have one side that's more interested in kicking over the chessboard, just kicking it or taking a chainsaw and chopping the chessboard in half? You're not playing chess anymore. You're playing a different Machiavellian tactics. It's a different kind of game that we're playing now, and that is because of the left. It is on them, folks. And that's why I think, you know, uh, to get around the corner here and the American people – I think, are, are seeing a lot of this. The American people are not liking what they're seeing, hence Biden's popularity at 33 um, percent. Uh, you know, there's, 
you got to get the kind of people into office, at least this is one strategy, that can, uh, that can stand up to the machine. But you also need to retool a media so that they can't control the narratives, right? And you also have to find some way to get around the, the deep state and the surveillance state, which has so much behind-the-scenes power that uh, so much of our politics is just performative when you have that dynamic. And so there's, there's a lot exactly. of areas I, to look honest, at. I, I think this Biden's being controlled by the globalists. I don't think he has a clue on what he's doing. He's a puppet and a patsy. And I think the globalists are pushing their agenda of no borders. Uh, yep. You know, we crime no Second Amendment. Yeah, I mean, the Second Amendment, they want to take 1A, 2A. Uh, they're messing around. With, I mean, look at our cities, in particular Denver. I've lived here my whole life. Denver is not the city I grew up in. Same here. This is a crime Same here. city. Uh, people are living on the st- I mean, you, you see it. I know you've seen it. Yep. I mean, anybody that goes downtown can see that this is not the city we all grew up I mean, I that I grew up in. And this is the result of uh, Hancock. This city council in this city is a joke. Far left city council. Uh, the mayor is a joke. Yep. He was part of that. Uh, you know that. You know that mess we had at the police rally a few years ago. Yep. He never did anything about. It. I mean, it's a joke. What's going on? You know. It is a big joke. It is Denver in decay. Denver in decline. Colorado in decline going from red to blue in just a mere decade or so. And, uh, you know, 2022, I mean, maybe at least on the political front, there's potential for that to be different. I mean, you just saw. The main thing is everybody's got to get out and vote and vote uh, as red as you can vote. Red down the line, man, just red everywhere. Because if we don't stop this, I have no children, but anybody that has children, you better get out and vote red and with everything you got because – the kids are in trouble, and you can see this. I mean, drag queen hour. Are you kidding me? I mean, I've never seen yep. anything like that in my. It's perverse. It's just gone over perverse. at Twitter that at libs of TikTok account, which um, Twitter keeps trying to ban and censor and shut up and silence. They're just promoting the information of you know this you know drag queen hours and what uh, teachers across the country are teaching to kindergartners, first graders, second graders, pre K. Stuff that, uh, oh, my gosh, that the vast majority of the American people do not go for that. They just don't. It's it's not appropriate. It's to destroy the family, just like Black Lives Matter on the front of their homepage before they took it down. They wanted to attack the family and get rid of the family. They want the state to run everything. And if we don't stop this, we are in deep, especially the kids. You know, we got to save our kids, you know. And months of BLM riots, right, and the $2 billion of damage and the destruction. And what does the congressional elite focus on? Well, January 6th, which was a few hours. And, uh, you know, of course, they leave out what was Ray Epps up to. I mean, some people call it a Fedsurrection, you know, and where's the 14,000 hours of videotape from January 6th? And, you know, they're they're never talking about uh, Roseanne Boyland, who was killed on January 6th by uh, by it looks like a gang of Capitol Police officers. And, you know, go down the list of the things that they're omitting. And uh, it's all about January 6th, nothing about BLM. And a lot of folks are watching this just thinking that, hey, man, the whole country is rigged. The whole deal is rigged. And what man, happens? What about, the, what, what about the FBI having an office in that law firm uh, that represents the DNC? What is oh, that yeah. About? Yeah. Perkins Coy. Well, that, see, that story vanishes. And that's part of the surveillance state. And those stories, they, they, they pop up and you have to dig to find them. And then they never have wheels 
And that's where it's the silence of the rhino establishment that never grabs those by the horns and promotes those and, and pushes those out. You know what I mean? You're the so, best, Matt. Keep up the great work, brother. Right You're on, right. sir. And, yeah, by the way, Ashley Babbitt was killed on January. You, you, never, you never see them mention the name Ashley Babbitt, right? Anyway, that whole commission is it's just a joke, and it's, it's a fraud, and uh, people aren't watching that thing. Anyway, it's Matt Dunn, and for George Brockler, we'll be back in a flash. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.